Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome everybody to another edition of the In the Paint Show, episode 168. I'm here with Anya Mana and Chelsea Hopkins. As usual, I always appreciate them jumping on us, giving us our basketball take. We're gonna go kind of quick. We're gonna, you know, be hard hitting and short. I think Chelsea's kind of tired of my some of my rants and some of my stuff. She just disagrees with me and she wants to get it out there in the public about certain topics. But we're going to hit three main topics. But we want to tell everybody, thanks for tuning in. Uh, you know, we did some in the paint shorts. So go check those out on the Balls Live Network. A uh, little shorter topics about things that really couldn't fit in, in our pod. So we've done about four of them. Uh, hit me up on Twitter or hit, hit me up on uh, Facebook. Hit me up wherever you think uh, or hit any of us up wherever you think uh, – you check the stuff out so you can check. We can send you the link or we can give you more information. We're going to continue to promo that. But for now, we're going to move on in this episode. 168 Chelsea, uh, where, how was your weekend? And Ani, I know you did a camp. So just give us the highlight on those and we'll move forward. Uh, I had a great weekend. Um, lots of basketball on TV. Uh, WNBA wrapped up the regular season. Um, me and Ani went to a G League game uh, to watch the debut of this year's G League Ignite. Um, so lots to talk about. It was exciting. I had a good time. Yeah. Yeah, no, the weekend's been good. I ran my camp, uh, Lone Star Top 100 camp. I mean, had some good players. I'm glad it's over with. I mean, just a week yeah. of traveling and all that. I get to be in, in the city for a little bit. Ain't got to run no camps, man. It's nothing right now. I'm in a good place. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we're in a good place. We're obviously shooting this a little earlier. We wanted to get it in before the top of the week because there's, there's so much that happened. And like I said, I, I went to the Ron Massey this week. So I was, it's a local event in Southern California with high school teams in a fall league. Fall leagues are here. School started. It's mid-September. The, the school year is going by so fast already. This month is going by fast. And we're going to get right into it. The biggest topic in basketball, obviously, we're going to kind of label it a, an overseas topic because this hits everything. Grassroots. It hits pro. It hits, you know. Just every one of our, our really what we talk about, scouting, evaluation, we can label it anything we want. But it, it, it happened overseas and it's basically USA basketball at the at the World Cup level. So, Chelsea, just give us a rundown of what happened and your your just your initial take on what went down. Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if um, some of our viewers had the opportunity to check out, you know, our overtime shorts. But we kind of talked about this in one of our segments last week a little yeah. bit. Um, USA dropping the ball to Lithuania. Um, and, yeah. you know. It was, we tried to chalk it up as, you know, it's just a game. It wasn't really the single elimination yeah. part of the tournament. The tournament hadn't officially started. They were playing for seeding, 
But sure. then, lo and behold, you know, USA does not qualify for the finals. They end up losing oh. to Germany. And then they lose in the third place gold medal or bronze medal game, I guess, uh, to Canada yesterday. So disappointing. But I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about a little bit, just how USA cannot continue to send their B and C and D teams overseas to these World Cup competitions and think that we're going to win. The final four uh, versus Canada was 127 to 118. Um, I know we had a lot of players that were actually out due to illness. I think Paolo, uh, Jaron Jackson, and Brandon Ingram didn't play in the game. But to be honest with you, I'm not so sure if we would have won if they would have played. Like, I feel like those guys could have played and we still could have lost. Um, yeah. A trend that I'm seeing is these overseas or these international teams have NBA guys. They're very capable. And, and a lot of their NBA guys are on the same level of the guys that we're bringing. Sure. So they played against Canada with SGA and Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks finished the game with 39 points and SGA with 31. So from, from my vantage point, Canada had the better players. The two better players in that particular game. So Canada had the better players. Ani, what's going on there? Ani, what's in that going game. on there? They Listen, Canada okay. outplayed you. First off, Dylan Brooks ain't going to score 39 points another day in his life. Like that, I mean that, that, that that's not that's not happening. Like, here's the thing. Like, no Jaron. I think Jaron Jackson and Paolo, if you add them two, because there's some frontline pieces. The thing with FIBA, frontline guys really, Matter. you know, they 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 can they make more of a presence. So I think if you added Jaron Jackson, I don't think they, they lose. But it doesn't matter. I think it all goes back to, like like you said, Chels, these teams, these international teams are – bringing their NBA guys into the same level of players as what we're trying to put in the FIBA. And it doesn't make any sense. Like, we, 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 we got to do a better job of, like, getting our top-level talent, you know, even FIBA and stuff like that. We can't attend our C-list guys. We can't have guys – we can't have three, four guys sitting out and think you're going to beat a Serbia or a Lithuania. You know what I mean? Like, those – like, a Germany. I mean, those are really good teams. Canada, you're not going to beat them with a C-list group and you got three guys out. I mean, we just got to get that arrogance out and just understand that, you know, we're going to have to bring our top guys, FIBA, World Cup, whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's always got to be that way. Okay. Because you guys, let's go back to the short a little bit. Like we said, yeah. make sure you check out our shorts. Uh, hit us up on social media and we'll send you links. We'll, we'll keep promoting it. But let's let's talk about that because you guys were, I don't know, maybe you guys were like trying to be nice to them or. You guys were maybe all three of us were making excuses, like you know, just so it wasn't a elimination game. They were still in the bracket, but like they didn't play any better. Mm -hmm. So we kind of mentioned that that the style of play, we didn't have no rim protection. So, you know, <sighs> did we in essence make excuses for them? Because we keep saying B, C, and D. Like, do we just need a better makeup and take it seriously, or are those players that you said on that team simply not good enough for what they saw? You need more bigs. Like you need yeah. you need more bigs. <laughs> like you gotta construction. Yeah. Like you can't play in FIBA like small ball. That that, that stuff doesn't work <laughs> in, in, in FIBA basketball. Uh like we like I said earlier, like in the in the last short, you gotta go guys with size. Like if you look at our uh, our, uh Olympic team last year, we had DeAndre Jordan in there. Like DeAndre Jordan was Kind of it passes prime, but okay. what he did, his game fit the mm -hmm. fit that level, fit that style of play. 
we did it. We're trying to go small ball like we're in the NBA, and that that's, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So, you know, to give a little more stats of what Chelsea said at the top, the U.S. has failed to medal two times now in a, in a row. This is not the first time it's happened. It's kind of big news because we're talking about it. People have been talking about it. We didn't. We haven't medaled since 2014, and we really didn't give that fact in, in the short, and we, we really didn't bring that up because we thought, like, hey, you know, they'll, they'll bounce back. But, Chelsea, just highline, yes or no, or A or B, is it the, that we're not sending all NBA players, or do we need to take this event more seriously? We don't take this event more seriously. If it's just a vacation, we're going to continue to lose. Yeah, I don't think that we take it serious. And, and we yeah. talked about this in the short. I'm not saying we have to bring every single, you know, yeah. premier guy in the NBA. Yeah. But, okay, let's put Dylan Brooks aside. Like I mentioned to Ani, SGA is a very, very, very talented NBA player. He, he is all know, NBA. Yes, well, all NBA. So, yeah. you know, with the exception of those LeBron and KDs and people like that, he, he's as good as, as it's going to get, especially playing, yeah. you know, over there internationally. So we don't take it serious. I totally hate the makeup of the team, you know, yeah. starting with, you know, what Ani was talking about and, and bringing post players. But even the post that we had, Jaron Jackson did not play well, Ani, at all. No. This man averaged like three rebounds a game. And he's defensive player of the year and he was getting cooked by everybody. Always in foul trouble or getting cooked. So, again, we do need more of a front court presence. And like Ani said, we need people that fit the style of play. Big bodies, got post players that want to be post and stay in yeah. the paint and rim protect and bang and not try to step out and shoot a three all the time. Like, we have to match <laughs> the style of play. And I just do not like what I've seen at all. So I'm not saying stack the team with Katie, LeBron, Steph, but I'm saying get more high caliber players, take it more serious, and the makeup of the team from top to bottom has to be better. It, it so, all so for me now, like now you kind of wonder the way the NBA rules are set up. Obviously, the NBA is the best league, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's almost like the the way is the way the NBA plays kind of set our guys for failure when they go out and play FIBA? Like, that's my question. What do you think? I mean, I think that there's definitely a difference, but I just feel like, you know, if we're the best league in the world, which we are, we have to be able to make adjustments. But sure. I really think it's just the makeup. For Forget some of the calls and, and you know, uh, the, the little bit of difference in rules. Obviously, I know the the even the game regulation time is different. I think what it's 10-minute quarters instead of 12. So I understand there's some definitely some differences, but the, the, we're, we're too talented to be showing to having this type of performance, in my opinion. No pure shooters, no pure big men, like just a combination of a whole bunch of guys. And it just doesn't really work. So I, I think there's some validity to that point, Ani, but I still think that we could have won. We won a lot of games easily, just not versus the teams that had premier NBA guys, basically. Got you. Uh, yeah, I think you, you said the uh, setting up for failure, Ronnie. I would add to that. I think our whole system is setting up for failure mm -hmm. a bit, meaning the development. And we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But like the development, the reliance on the threes, yeah. again, at, at every level I see, whether it's college, high school, grassroots, even to the NBA. Right now, I see too much of the game predicated on whatever team shot way less good percentage from the three or which team shot poorly from the outside of the threes, the team that most likely going to lose. Right. It shouldn't always be like that. You know, it should be other ways to win. You know, like you say, get to the free throw line. We set up and press a little bit after made basket. We, you know, banged it inside, got their other men in foul trouble. We got the other team in foul trouble. 
nobody gets in foul trouble when you're shooting threes. You know what I mean? Like that, that's, you know, generally speaking. So I, I think to answer your question on it, yeah, we, we've, we set it up for failure since a long, long time ago, if that makes any sense, you know, yeah. little leading up to that, especially if we don't take it seriously as, as you say, Chelsea. So I have some just high line questions, some hard hitting questions for you guys. Besides um, the obvious, let's take out the guys who are of age, KD, um, I guess that would be Steph Curry, and maybe there's one or two other players. Who should be on this team? Who would fit for the Olympics next year? Uh, Ani, give me two or three guys, and Chelsea, give me two guys. Who fits on the team? Like, you know, let's you play coach for a minute. Obviously, you're taking some of the NBA guys. Who's tough? Who's good? Who's going to get serious? Who's going to kick a guy in the ass? Who's going to get guys up to practice, and who's going to get to bed on time? I think there's two players. I think you go Trey Young and uh, when you talk about pure shooters, right? Yeah. Like guys that can really make shots and yeah. someone that can make shots in, in, in spurts. I was, I'm going to name three, like Trey Young, uh, I think yeah. for one. Clay Thompson. I mean, mm. we, we, forget, we forget what how he played in the yeah. last Olympics. Yes, he is a step slower. But <laughs> he can yeah. make shots. He's a shooter. He can make shots. He spaces the floor. He's better than a lot of those guys. In guard. Lonnie, where's the Olympics at? Where's the Olympics at next year? Do we know Chelsea? Brazil? No, it's in Paris? Paris. 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 That boy's gonna be on a yacht. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, yacht. I'll go get Clay Thompson <laughs> right now. We win the Olympic gold medal. I'm just saying. Uh, but the third okay, one, the third guy. I, the third guy would definitely go Anthony Davis. Someone that can protect the rim, uh, play big, uh, rebound, can make, can face up and score, and also has some back to the basket game. I think you got to have some guys that can protect the rim, be big, and be physical. He can guard those, you know, big, bulky posts down there. But he also moves well enough where he can go by and score. Like, Jaron Jackson's offense is limited, right? Like, lob threat and shooter. He likes to shoot threes, which he doesn't make a lot. Yeah. Anthony Davis kind of leads, kind of create his own, but also guard and protect the rim better than Jaron Jackson. Okay. Ooh. Chelsea. Okay. Honey, I, I really like your Trey Young pick. And I don't know why people hate on Trey Young because I think he's incredible. I understand he's undersized, but I can definitely see his playmaking and shooting ability being an asset to a team. I'm going to give some names that I think people are going to be like, what? But these are pieces. And these are the type of guys that you need, you know, in, in that type of environment. I, I'm, I need somebody with a defensive presence. If I'm going to talk about a guard, somebody who's going to be hard-nosed, get in there, um, give me somebody like Marcus Smart. I know it sounds crazy. Obviously, he needs to be surrounded by, you know, are we going to have one or two premier guys? But these sure. are the type of pieces I feel you need. The team is missing toughness. They're missing yeah. defense. Like, who is the glue guy? Like, give me a Draymond Green. Somebody who's going to get in there and say, this is what we're doing. Rally everybody. No, they're not the best player on the team, but they provide leadership and defense. And that's the kind of stuff that I don't see. I don't yeah. see any leadership. I don't see any definitive top dogs. And I don't see anybody that's willing to do extra dirty work. Like they, they look like they're just going through the motions when I was watching it. So I would like them to see, to, to build a, a roster kind of like how you build an NBA championship team. You have sure. top guys that we know are going to run the show, like with the Lakers, Anthony Davis, LeBron. And then you have people that are filling in the gaps, Rui, Austin Reeves, like it needs to be that type of mindset when putting this, this team together. And I think that we would be fine if we just approached it that way. You need to have somebody who's doing a little bit of everything. Forget the big names, forget the politics, 
get people that are going to fit what we're trying to do. And they're going to be able to compete, you know, at a high level. And, and, and that's what, what's going to be the difference for us. So, you know, you took all the big names out. So obviously I think one or two of those guys hopefully will come, which will make a world of difference, but then fill in the gaps with pieces that are going to complement those players and maybe do the hard, dirty work that we don't see the team playing these days. Yep. I agree with you guys. I like those picks. I, I would just one player in there, Bam out of bio. And instead of asking you guys, um, the coach, I, I think it should be a combination of uh, Spolstra and then or Pat Riley to like his last mm-hmm. swang song in his career. Like, get him down there. Like, yo, we want to take this thing pretty seriously. Cut all the fat out of the guys who, like you said, don't want to really be there. Or, oh, you know, he should have been on the team. He should have been on the team. From what I gather, some politics behind that. And it's I don't know if it's a it's a little bit of ego plays and should he be on the team? He should have been on the team. So that that went on with some of the pickings of this team from, yeah. from one of the people I know who who's involved. So, you know, you put some of that aside, kind of like the great teams did. Again, I don't know if they're going to have the leadership of uh, Charles Barkley, Jordan slash Kobe Bryant mm-hmm. in 2-8 in 1992. I think, like you said, that was missing a little bit. A guy who's going to get him up in the morning, like, hey, you got to practice hard. Yeah. And, and have a pecking order. Even with that great team in 92, they still had a pecking order. Yeah. Right. Barkley and Jordan were the best players. Magic was trying to, you know, still hold on. And people realized, like, Magic, you got to relax. This is not your team. And, and they figured it out. And, and if they, those guys have as big as Eagles anybody, if, if they can do it, I think these guys can do it with the right coach in there. They had Chuck Daly. That was kind of like a no-nonsense guy. And they had Chuck Daly even without his guy, Isaiah Thomas. It still worked. So I think I, I just like the Spolstra and or Pat Riley to be in there kind of. Be a little bit more hardline than Steve Kerr, I think, can be. Even if he tried, he wouldn't be able to do it. So, mm-hmm. no, there they, they, they was a little bit more respect, older, a little more championship pedigree. Not like Steve Kerr doesn't win a championship, but be, people are going to give that credit to the players. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, that that's some good stuff there. Um, I'll leave you guys with this: Is it going to happen, or and are these changes going to be made, or the or are we going to continue to take the World Cup every four years a little bit? soft and get gear up for the Olympics or or we can we put possibly lose in the Olympics in 224, 228? I think they'll put all in on the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think the Olympics is just where it's at, where they're going to okay. put it. I think they'll make some slight changes like with FIBA. Like, you know, I think they'll, they'll, yeah. they'll change some things. It's always going to kind of probably be like this, but I think the Olympics is where you're going to see everybody. It's almost like they use this for motivation for the Olympics. Uh, that's kind of how I'm seeing it. It's like you're going to see all the big dogs come out to win the Olympics because of what happened in FIFA. I think that's just going to be the trend we're on. Okay. Chelsea, you feel the same way? Yeah, I mean, I think that this was obviously a little bit of uh, embarrassing, but for the most part, you win the Olympics and all this goes away. And we don't really care. But I do think that now we know, okay, our approach for the Olympics, we're going to have to bring some more, you know, all NBA type talent and they better, you know, get some Jimmy Butlers, some people that are defensive oriented, tough nose, hard nose. And, and like I said, we win the Olympics and we won't be talking about the world cup anymore. So that's what has to happen in my opinion. Okay, great. Yeah. That's some good stuff. We're going to transition here. 2023 WNBA regular season. Uh, Chelsea, I put you on the spot here. Your final exam, just, 
yeah. high line. We're going to ask you some questions. Just answer the question straight. Don't give us the political answer. Don't <laughs> be friends with anybody. Please you know, don't just give Please give don't. us your answers. You know, so I'll start off. Then Ani's going to jump in there. Okay. Uh, who is the WNBA MVP? Uh, Alyssa Thomas, Connecticut son, having a very Russell Westbrook type season. Uh, leads the league with six triple doubles, which is a season record. Uh, leads the league in double doubles with 27. Uh, first player to lead the regular season in assists and rebounds. So even though she's not on the best team, she's doing what's never been done. We saw that in the NBA with Russell Westbrook, and he got MVP because of it. So give me her. Okay. Is Alyssa Thomas going to get robbed? Uh, she will get robbed. It's very <laughs> likely that the, uh, the MVP is going to go to uh, Asia Wilson or Brianna Stewart. The two best players in the league, in my opinion, they're 1A, 1B. You can't go wrong with either. They're both having stellar seasons, and they're both 1 and 2 in the rankings in terms of their team's positioning. So a lot of times the MVP word goes to the best player on the best team. So it should go to Asia. She might be first time back-to-back -back, um, MVP, or it could go to Stewie, who was the MVP two years ago. So, you know, sure. it, it's, it's their league, to be totally honest with you. Yeah. Now, is Alyssa Thomas – Gun, like you said, we kind of talked about her getting robbed. Is this going to be like a career year for her? And we're going to remember her like, man, she had that awesome 2023 season. Or is she going to sustain this play? Um, this is definitely a career year for her. Um, but she, she's doing what she's always done. It's just she's getting a little more. Um, well, the triple doubles have not been done. So let me stop there. But just the, the type of the style of play with her, she's doing what she's always done. She's always been hard nosed. You know, double-double, do-everything type player, rebound, pass, score. So, you know, I, I can see – I don't know if she's going to be able to break these records because, you know, um, it's a first time. But the style of play and the stuff that we're seeing from her is not unusual because this is how she plays. So she definitely – we'll see it through in the playoffs um, as they try to get a championship. Okay. Who's the most underrated player? Ooh, the most underrated player in the playoffs or just in, in the league? WNBA? In the league. So hard to say because the people that are that get I need one answer. Yeah. One who is just a bad doesn't get the recognition. Doesn't get the credit. Okay, hold on. I I can give you an underrated player on basically every team, but let me let me let me think about this really quick. I want to give a good answer. Okay, let's come back to it. Let's jump okay, to the okay, next. Okay. One. okay. Just remember, underrated player. Who's the most improved player this year? Who should win the most, most improved player uh, against the media's pick? I'm gonna go with Cheyenne Parker of the Atlanta Dream. She's first time All Star. She made the move from Atlanta to Chicago. Uh, I think it's her second or third season now. But all of her numbers are up. Her points are up. Her percentages are up. She's a first-time All-Star. She's definitely an anchor for the Atlanta Dream. And, you know, against media's decision, they like to pick players, in my opinion, that are high draft picks. Cheyenne wasn't a high draft pick. Um, and all we've done is see constant growth from her. And I think those type of players are what qualifies for these type of awards. Gotcha. Okay. Who's the second-best rookie? Second-best rookie, that's easy. That's Diamond Miller. Diamond Miller of the Minnesota Lynx, which is, some people can argue that, you know, people want her for rookie of the year because her team is making the playoffs. But at the end of the day, Aaliyah Boston has just been way too dominant. Um, I want to give Diamond Miller her flowers, though, because I did actually pick her to win rookie of the year, although I don't think she will. 
Um, she is head and shoulders um, the best guard forward type player um, from the rookie class, and she's been absolutely killing it. A quick question or quick statement for people to know. Give us a little bit about Diamond Miller. Uh, what pick was she, and what college did she go to? Where is she from? Diamond Riller, uh, second pick out of Maryland. So she was um, right Long, athletic, just do everything type player um, in the perfect situation, in my opinion, because she went to a Minnesota team that was, quote unquote, rebuilding, even though they actually locked in. They started 0-6 to begin the season, but they ended up uh, being a playoff team. They're locked in in the sixth seed. Uh, they got Diamond Miller as a high pick, and she's just been exceptional. She's in a situation where she's surrounded by good veteran players, but also has the opportunity to grow and learn and make mistakes. And that's why she's been able to get her game off. You know, uh, Aaliyah Boston went to uh, a bad team, as you do when you're a, a high draft pick in the Indiana Fever. Sure. And I think just having the ability to play and, and showcase what you could do means everything. So, you know, the Indiana Fever weren't fortunate enough to make the playoffs, but Diamond Miller was in the perfect position to showcase her skill set and her game, and, and, and it definitely paid off. You can make argument that she's rookie of the year as well. Gotcha. Uh, who will make the finals and who will win it? Okay, so as everybody predicted in the preseason, we have number one right. aces going to likely meet number two New York. Um, I think the aces did themselves a great um, thing by finishing number one because I was afraid they ended up uh, securing the number one seed by only one game. And yeah. New York started coming on really strong as of late. And I was afraid that, that New York could possibly take the number one seed in which I would not see the Aces being able to beat them multiple times on their home court. Um, the Aces have not beat New York in New York this year. Um, the Aces have lost to New York, though, on their home court in the Commissioner's Cup, which was a championship in-season tournament game. Um, so I see those two teams being the, the best teams in the league. I, I really, my heart wants the Aces to win as the home team, but I think New York is going to take it because I just think that there's a lot of mismatches on the floor that, you know, the Aces with Candace Parker probably not being available, um, they're not going to be able to make up for in a five-game series. Great, great. That's to the point and good stuff. A few more questions, a little more personal, a little more in-depth. Yeah. Uh, me, you, and Kelsey Bone got on a pod uh, maybe about a year ago, a little bit longer during COVID, and we broke down some of the ills and some of the things that we wanted to see improve. There was a seventy-five million dollar, I believe, maybe it was eighty million dollars, you know, investment in the W. Mm -hmm. And you were pretty critical at the time, a bit like they don't market this correctly. Obviously, you, you and Kelsey played in the W, so you have some insight. So in about a year and a half or so, are they making improvements? Is 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 there making an improvement? Are they getting these ills fixed that you're talking about? Just some of the things that we mentioned. Uh, are, are are they? Are, have you seen the improvement? And, and what's the improvement, if there is? Yeah, I mean, definitely some improvement. We can start with the chartered flights, which was a huge thing that we you know talked about in the past. Just you know the WNBA players having to fly commercial often getting stuck in certain cities and, you know, having to turn around and play the game the next day. So I will say they did not get chartered flights for the entire season, but for the entire duration of this year's playoffs, all flights will be chartered. So I think that's a huge um, step. Uh, there are 
you know, several talks uh, from Kathy Engelbert, the president of the league, that um, expansion is upon us. Um, she is okay. expecting two new teams to join the league uh, as soon as, you know, 2025. So maybe 2024 will, you know, get the, the cities and, and team in motion and then they should be prepared to play in the 2025 season. Um, so we're definitely seeing some improvement. Um, I just wanted to see more transparency, to be totally honest with you. Like stuff is happening, but, you know, talk about that money and where it's going. We know you got the money. It was a lot of money. We're seeing some small things happen, but be transparent. Hey, we spent 20 million on this, you know, whatever. Like yeah, they got sure. 70, $75 million. And I still can't tell you where it all went to, if it's been used, if it's gone, like, I, I don't know. So pr improvements are being made. I'm happy for the direction of the league, but I, I still, we need more. Okay. A little more transparency. Uh, especially like you said, a little more, I think it would be a little more honest with new fans because, they, 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 they want to get into it, but also they know the league's not turning over money hand over fist. So tell us what's going on. I, I could kind of see that. Yeah, I, I think I'd be a little more in tune of what, what, what people spend on it. To be honest with you. Yeah. So, uh, Ani, any other thing you want to ask Chelsea? Yeah. The question that I had: uh, Who is the most underrated player? There's <laughs> a lot of the people that get. I need one answer. Are <laughs> the people that. You know, the, the media has their favorites. They've always had their favorites with Diana and yeah. Sue and all these people. So I feel like there's not really so many underrated players because all the marquee players get the attention that they uh, deserve. You need a political answer. <laughs> yeah, Chelsea, what's going on? You, yeah. You, okay. Hey, I so she was hot. Chelsea was hot for like 20 minutes. You give it a straight. Straight no, answers and this one stumped her. You are like, failing the final exam. Okay, okay. <laughs> let me say, right so it's underrated just being like they're really good and nobody like recognizes them, or it's yeah. like just, just a bad, bad ass girl. Okay, okay, okay. Huh. Yeah. We don't I need an answer to the final underrated. Exam. Uh you can't pick any of the main people that get all the publicity that they deserve. Okay. So I am going to go with. Well, okay, I'm going to go with one of my favorite players to watch. And because she's on a bad team, it doesn't get a lot of publicity, but very, very good. Uh, Kelsey Mitchell. Kelsey Mitchell was an all-star. Kelsey Mitchell isn't really talked about that much because Indiana sucks. So sure. to be totally honest, you know, they're not a playoff team. She's a hell of a talent, which is why she got the all-star nod. But I think when it comes to just skill set, if you try to line the WNBA players up in skill and individually what they can do it, it, she she's at the top of the list in terms of skill set she's very very talented um so that would be my pick and and hopefully you know they, they, i will say that things are going to change in the WNBA. in the 2024 2025 draft class that's coming up a lot of teams have already started their tanking bids and you know regular season ended caitlin clark is going to come out soon Paige beggars is going to come out az foot there's going to be a shakeup in the league as some of these young girls who are expected to be um, very star-like, you know, players. And, and we're going to see some people move around and shift around. So I, I am anxious to see Kelsey Mitchell maybe get out of Indiana, although she's still under contract, because I think that she can be a, a, a force on an actual contending team, which we have yet to see. We just see her individual skills, and Indiana has been sorry. So I think these next couple of years, as people are moving around and there's a shakeup, well, people will really get to tap into to what some of these players can do um, on championship teams. Good. That's a great answer, Kelsey Mitchell. 
Yeah, it was. You that, passed the that exam. Kinda, because, that kind of caught me off guard. I'm not gonna lie because yeah. that's a hard question. Yeah. There's a lot of like you know, and yeah. and the media. The problem with WNBA, just real quick side note, is that the the players that everybody knows are good are the only players that they talk about. You know what I mean? Like, so I can't say Asia Wilson's underrated. They talk about her every day. Brianna no. Stewart, even no. Alyssa Thomas, who I mean, you know. She's starting to get a little more shine. Yeah, but it's like, these are players that we talk about every single day. So, you know. As you talked about that, you mentioned the influx of talent coming up in the next couple years. I got to ask you this. What was up with Seattle, Chicago? I was kind of catching some clips. Uh, One of the teams was down by five, had the ball with 15 seconds to go, and they just let the clock run out. And I think had to do a little bit of like the social media betting community and just some people that are slightly interested to them. It didn't make no basketball sense. What the hell happened? Yeah. Well, I was confused. I was watching that game. Um, I noticed some of the reaction of some of the players like Jewel Lloyd on Seattle, who was also confused because she wanted the ball and wanted to shoot it. Um, But basically the scenario was uh, the Chicago player, Courtney Williams was at the free throw line. And there was, you know, Chicago had a five point lead or they were um, down four at the time. Courtney Williams made the the fifth, uh, the basket to get to put them up five. And then Seattle like takes the ball out with 15 seconds and acts like the game is basically over. Um, So I don't know if Jewel Lloyd, Jewel Lloyd 100 percent didn't get the memo. The people watching didn't get the memo. But I know what Seattle front office is doing. Okay, whether they did that little (laughs) display that we saw on TV or, or they didn't. Phoenix and Seattle know what's at stake in 2024. The Caitlin Clark sweepstakes has begun. Yeah. We have Seattle, Phoenix, um, LA, and Indiana um, fighting for you know the number one spot in the lottery. Uh, Caitlin Clark is projected to come out of Iowa as the number one pick, and you know anybody would be lucky to have her. So I think at that particular game, Seattle was not on pace to really sneak into the playoffs, even as the eight sure. seed. So who cares? They didn't care if they won the game or lost the game and probably wanted to lose the game so they can be in position. So that's my take on it. That's interesting. We haven't seen that too much in the NBA like that, but obviously we know things happen. We've had the lotto for a long time now, uh, close to 30, 35 years or whatever with Patrick Ewing. So yeah, maybe she is that girl. So last question me and Ani had, and I think we'll ask for both of us. Is Kate and Clark that girl? Is she going to come in? Is she just another player? Or is she that, whoa, like she's going to change things a little bit? Or is she just going to be another good all-star? Um, she's 100% that girl, but it's going to depend on where she goes. And also, too, I don't want to disrespect the WNBA because they're, they're, you have to be a very, very special player to come in the WNBA and hit the ground running. Just like you do in the, in the NBA. Like we, we've seen Aaliyah Boston this year, for example, the, the probable – you know, rookie of the year. She's a first-time All-Star. 14, 8, and 2, exceptional. Fits right in. But depending on what team you go to and who you have to, to compete with in the backcourt or play alongside, that 100% influences your numbers and what you're able to do. I, I think Caitlin Clark's ability to shoot the ball is what makes her, like, you You can't not play a person like that. Just sure. e- even the, the star power that comes with having a girl like that, um, she, she's going to play. But it definitely depends on, you know, what team she goes to. And, and I don't want to say that any college player is going to come into the league and, and be the absolute best. I, I've only seen that with, with, with three people 
the yeah. Diana, Maya, and Candace, and and I think she's going to be very formidable. But is she just going to come in being the best player ever? Probably not. She'll be a very formidable rookie, probably rookie of the year, and she's going to help a team win some games. Yeah, that sure. that's my best investment on her. I would tank for Kayla. I would tank for. Bonnie would have <laughs> pulled that five point out. Listen, if I, yeah, I, oh yeah, I would, I would have dribbled, I would have kept dribbling, like, like I would have done. I mean, that. we don't know if that's for sure what they're doing, but I'm just saying, like, the, everybody knows what's happening in 2024. Yeah, yeah I would say it for looked her. weird. It I looked weird, Ani. I, I remember I texted it or tweeted you guys, and I was like, mm -hmm. what's this? So that was smart. That was the best yeah. play. That was the that was the right play to do. <laughs> but they the did part. all that, Ani, and they may not get the number one spot. They can very well. I would pay for it. I'll go for it. I go yeah. for it. Wow. <laughs> So we'll we'll see what happens there. So Ani, uh, as we close this out, what what's Chelsea's grade here? Let, I'll put you on the spot. What what do you, what what is Chelsea's grade like a school? Just picture she's a freshman at Duke. What what did you give her? Like I give her like a, you know what? I, normally I would give Chelsea like, you know a hard time, but I'm gonna give her like a B plus, A minus. Yeah. Respect. Good stuff. Good that was good. Yeah, she only got choked up one that little one time. We got yeah, like yeah, she almost failed. Like it yeah, was yeah. like she could have failed, but I think she recouped. Like oh no, B doubt. plus B plus. A lot of good information there. Mm -hmm. Like we said, the W is uh, kicking off. Chelsea, what's the date? You know the highline. The dates roughly when the WMA finals would be. Yes. Uh oh, the finals. Uh, it, you know, obviously that's a little, it kind of depends yeah. on how the series go. Oh, uh, the okay. format for the league, they changed it this year. Finally, they got rid of the okay. single elimination game. Um, so the first round is a best of three, the semifinals and the finals is a best of five. Uh, okay. Everything is getting kicked off on Wednesday, September 13th. Uh, the Aces will be hosting, Connecticut will be hosting. Got it. Um, and that's when we get started. So if anybody just real quick, a breakdown of, of the seating, uh, number one aces will be playing number eight, Chicago, uh, number two, New York will be playing number seven, Washington, number three, Connecticut versus number six, Minnesota and number four, Dallas versus number five, Atlanta. And I really just encourage everybody to watch because like I said before on some of our shorts and previous pods, like this has been a hell of a season for the WNBA. One of the most competitive seasons that I've seen in a very long time. And, and I think the, the playoffs are going to be uh, very exciting. So Got starts it. Wednesday. Yep. We'll uh we'll we'll check up with you on that as we as we move on. Uh we wanted to close it out with one segment. We're kind of encompassing everything we talk about scouting, uh international play, G League play, overseas play, going to the next level, going to college. And you and Ani went to G League Knights first regular season game, which happened last week as we shoot. So there was uh, about September 7th. September 6th, uh, our guy Jason Hart, who's been a guest on the pod, he's the head coach. He's kind of in charge of developing these young players. It's obviously, um, you know, a step up of after high school. And I, I saw some players, and Ani, you saw some players this weekend as we talk about the FIBA team, Team USA, USA basketball not meddling. We talk about development. I think all three of us are kind of in agreements on a little too many three-point shooting in the game in all levels. Uh, you know, so we're going to touch on all that real quickly as we, as we close up, but this is our last segment. We kind of just giving our scouting report segment. Uh, and we had some stories on ballslife.com. I already put a story from Ron Massey. I'm sure Ani's going to talk a little bit about his event and our players up in the upcoming weeks. So make sure to check out 
ballslife.com. But Ani, I'll start with you. What did, what did we see? What did you you went to Vegas? I wasn't even there. I missed you. I wanted to see you guys, but w- what did you see? I mean, I got to see a practice in the game, so it was uh, it was it was really good. You know, getting to see one thing about Jason Harden that G League Ignite, yeah. um, they allow players to kind of try to play and develop into the prototypes, right? Sure. Uh, kind of compare you not not even knocking a college game. It's just like you see some of the guys doing things out yeah. there that if they were to have played in a college <laughs> setting, they it may have been a little bit stricter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like for example, Ron Holland uh, was showed more of the handle. Uh, wasn't afraid to really shoot the basketball. Uh, played well, you know. He's just his endless motor and toughness, and he he plays with such a mean streak. Uh, I think Ron, Ron was good. Obviously, he had a thirty-three point game on Friday. I think he had like twenty-three in the first game on Wednesday. Ron was good, uh, but he's allowed to make mistakes. Uh, sure, you know he would turn the ball over. Uh, some of his passes off light dribbles were shaky, but I thought I like the fact that he's allowed to do these things and kind of grow into what he's he, he's supposed to be in the uh, NBA level. Uh, Tyler Smith uh, was really good uh, for me. He's another Texas kid out of Houston, was at OTE and came down. Uh, lefty that can really shoot the basketball at 6'9". I think his ability to really space the floor and make shots, um, you know, and he, I think he only he went like six for nine for the field. Even practice, he was good. He's trying to commit more on the defense, and that still needs some work. But I thought Tyler Smith was good. I think he's really put himself in those draft boards in that like late first, early second is early, right? Uh, but you know, kind of going on, Modest Bruzelis kind of needs some time. I think he okay. needs some time. Mm-hmm. I thought he was okay, uh, but didn't look like a number one overall pick. You know, did yeah. not. It did not did not look like one. Um, and when people talk about the number one overall pick, me personally, like if you wanted me to go by any of the kids I saw, like on Tuesday and Wednesday, Alex Sard was the best prospect in the event. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. And I might say he's number one, but like give I give us feel his like vitals. Give us his vitals, Lonnie. What's his seven foot, seven one, long arms, don't know his wingspan. Uh, yeah. Kind of this this fluid moving seven footer that can rim protect at a high level has six blocks the first game then eight blocks the second game uh, can stretch it out and make open threes just moves well and block shots very fluid athlete not just a vertical guy guy that can switch and move uh, just plays like a, a double double guy you see in the NBA <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean that can protect the rim right. I mean, we talk about Jaron Jackson who was an all defensive guy. And these things like you look at Alex Saar, who turns 19 in April, he fits those same like defensive, like intangibles that we see from Jaron Jackson. All right. But that's seven foot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, that, that's what I really like about him. I thought, you know, he he needs to get stronger. Right. But I think there's real upside with his offensive game. I don't think he'll just be like. A guy that's just more of a pick and pop guy. I think he's someone that will be able to like attack closeouts and score. Uh, someone that you can just face up from 12 to 15 feet out and, and do something with it, but also bring a real defensive presence as a help side defender, even as a switchable guy uh, mm-hmm. that can hold his own for a little bit with guards. So I thought Alex Sarr was fantastic. Uh, but I think the main takeaway I have from the G League is there's no clear cut number one. Got it. Got it. I don't, I don't think. You can say is bonafide Ron Holland. Uh, 
I don't think you can say it's bona fide modest by any means. I think Ron kept himself within the realm of the conversation. Sure. Um, I think Alex Sar really helped himself. Mm-hmm. I think modest, you know, gonna have to do some work in this early September. But I think now you're kind of hearing scouts and GMs kind of looking at, okay, what what college player may break out? You know what I'm saying? Like, um, there's going to be some guys in the college level that have a chance to break out and be the number one overall pick. That's really my main takeaway. I didn't see just some clear-cut number one. I didn't see a – obviously, Wimbyama, you know, I always tell you, like, I ain't seen a guy like seven five move like that ever. You sure. know, me, me and Ronnie, you were there. But I didn't see a scoot in a Wimby. Like, yeah, they're guys. I didn't see a Brandon Miller, <laughs> right? But I saw some guys that can be quality NBA players and maybe some guys that can be some all-stars down the road. But potentially, but I didn't see, like, a no-brainer number one. Gotcha. And that was what I was going to ask Chelsea is to give her scouting report on this In the Paint scouting report segment is, like, obviously you're not going to go as much in depth, but – when you're watching that team, what it be like? And I was just going to ask you, and Ani just mentioned it. Like, yo, you're going to want to, like, I want to watch some college games. Then I'll come back to these guys and tell you what I think. Do you feel that, Chelsea? And then secondly, talk a little bit about the environment. Like, obviously, there's not 10,000 fans in Cameron Indoor Stadium. It's a, it's a more intimate environment in terms of you're just watching them play. You can hear them talk a little bit. You can hear their sneaker squeak. You can probably, you know, it's a different, that's kind of what we saw too with when we saw the Wemby game. It's a slightly different environment than scouting at the, the grassroots level and or a college game where there's a lot of fanfare. There's a lot of emotion. Some guys play great with the motion. Some guys need the crowd. They like that, you know, factor. So on those two points, did you want, do you want to watch more college guys before you give a big evaluation of these guys? And then second, what do you think about the environment? Well, I 100% would like to watch more college guys um, as opposed to that G League um, team and just the environment in general. I wish that I could have put Ani on the hot seat because he was the one speaking very politically correct based on that game, which was just terrible, to be totally honest. I understand the concept of the G League, a lot of younger players learning, and I appreciate and I respect that. From a basketball standpoint, though, I personally – did not see any number one picks on the court whatsoever. I do agree with Ani that um, Alex Sar was probably the best prospect. Very intriguing, long, fluid movements, shot blocker. Like, I, I think he definitely is intriguing to most scouts. And I agree with Ani that he helped himself. But I was honestly confused by Ron Holland. Um, Ruzellis, I thought, was okay, like Ani said. So I, I do agree with a lot of his assessment. Um, but Ron Holland confused me, to be totally honest with you. And I can't see him being a number one pick. I'm not really sure what his position is. Um, like, kind of undersized, doesn't really have great guard skill set. Um, but I, I'm, I'm speaking from the lens of somebody who's only seen these players play a very right. small sample size. So this is just, you know, my personal opinion. Um, I do think just with the whole G League concept in general, to your first question, um, I think some of these kids can benefit more from going to college, to be totally honest with you. I didn't see anybody on that court that was ready to play an NBA game today. Okay. Um, and, and so, you know, that's kind of just how I look at it. But I do respect and understand the concept of the G League Ignite. These kids are going to get to play and learn and grow. And, you know, Buzelis, who looks this way in September, probably is not going to look 
you know, this way in March or April. So I get the whole concept of it. But the basketball just in general was underwhelming. Um, I did not see a Scoot Henderson who I had the opportunity to watch last year, who is very much just the body language of him. Forget the skill set was just different. He was out there playing like, I'm Scoot, I'm a dog, I'm going to go get it. This is my team, my show. And I didn't even see that from, from the players that were on the floor. Um, and when I just look at the team in general, um, less talented than last year for sure. Um, might I wouldn't be shocked if they struggled in the G League. And I think that they're going to have to lean on the vets that they have on the roster. They have Jeremy Pargo. They have John Jenkins two very solid vets who came in and actually got the game going. Because if you ask Ani, the game started slow. Jenkins okay. had four, what, six to eight points in a row to even get, get the team going. Holland, Ron Holland struggled at the beginning. And okay. once he saw a couple go in, then it's like, okay, he got a little bit more comfortable. Now he's trash talking and doing what he does. But from a person that has absolutely on the outside looking in, who does not have the experience and expertise of Ani, you know, it was lackluster, in my opinion. It's a casual. Yeah, it, yeah, that game, that game wasn't very good. I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, let's be honest. I thought practice was. I thought the way. Give it, granted, Perth Friday played a lot better. They came from flying overseas. I think they were on a sixteen-hour flight, and literally practiced the day before they played. Um, I thought practice to me was a better assessment. Uh, than what I got on Wednesday. I thought Wednesday was more of a feel good yeah. than uh, than kind of what, what's reality. But I do agree with Chelsea's like there there just wasn't anybody that I left saying, oh yeah, he's number one overall pick or he's this or he's that. Like as good as Ron is playing, and I'm a Dallas, you know, like I support Texas kids. I support yeah. Dallas. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of stuff like even talking to scouts and GMs that he's going to have to show that makes him feel comfortable that does this translate and does this warrant him being the number one overall pick. Alex Sar, same thing. Mod mm -hmm. same thing. I think that we may see our number one overall pick be a European player or a college player. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's just one of those years. Um, I do disagree with the college deal, though. I think that Ron's going to have to show more perimeter game at 6'6". Six, six. Does he do that in college for yeah. eight months? No. <laughs> you, you know, like... They hide him to try to win games and to win the tournament. Right, right. So, so does that... Back to what I said, sorry to cut you off on it, like the yeah, environment. Right. You know, he's excited. Maybe he's playing at Duke or Texas or he's playing at Kansas and there's fans. He gets them fired up. He, he gets a dunk. He, you know, runs the court. That more is involved than, than what's he going to do in front of 200 G League fans that are just strictly evaluating him. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he had five turnovers. Like, what yeah. college game would he have even gotten to five turnovers? Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. But, but on the flip side, Buzelis, like – if he's playing for Wisconsin or Indiana or Duke, now Modest, yeah. I think he would fit right in and look. At I, think I think should have. I think Modest should. No, have I'm saying like you, you can. You can go <laughs> I think he should have gone to college. Yeah, he looks like he plays for Indiana to me. Like he looks like your Duke That's fit awesome. right in. <laughs> be it, and then in that case, he'd be the number two, three pick, and we wouldn't okay. even be talking about this. That's True awesome. Or false, so, 
that's Lonnie. What is that the truth there? I mean, she put you on the spot. Lonnie. What that he should have gone to Indiana? Well, I'm saying he that's what he gives me when I watch him, and I feel like that might have been a better uh, environment for him Ma based Ma on what I saw in the one hour I watched him. You know, one thing about Mod is to me, it's, it's more of the, the movement, like he's stiff, he's, he just okay. moves kind of okay. stiff. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> college, I think college would have been a good route for him. Um, okay. I, I think college, for him, to me personally, I think college would have been a better route than okay. this. Um, but I do think some of the other guys, like even Izan, uh, Amanza from Spain, uh, Tyler Smith, and Ron Holland, um, even some guys that haven't played, like Cherry, uh, Darlon, like I think this is a lot better situation for them, Dick Payne. Okay. Uh, but I think guys like Modest, who's going to be more of a, like a spot-up guy, like mm -hmm. he's not blown by nobody. He's, uh, he's not the most athletic player. He, he's not really fluid in the hips. You can kind of run. You can kind of run some more sets. Like you see more guys like them in the cause level that can kind of get off because they come off staggers and stuff like yeah. that. But um, okay. I don't think modest. Modest is, you know, he's gonna have to help. He's gonna. He, he didn't play good. I mean, he didn't play good. I mean, he did, he he did not. Orlando didn't even look like a, a lottery pick. I mean, that's that's. I agree. Guys are being fair. Yeah, that's just kind of what it is. But it's September. Yeah. You know, we've seen guys. I remember that Ronnie, we, we saw Leonard Miller look like complete dog. Yeah. He wasn't very good. Yeah. And, you know, he got better throughout the year. Sure. So he got a lot better. So, you know, Modest can go through those same, uh, that same trajectory yeah. if he just yeah. stays with it. He has a great work ethic. He's a great, he's curious. Like, watching in practice, like, he wants to learn. So sure. I think he'll get better what that looks like what getting better looks like i don't know but he'll yeah. get better and and you guys make some good points so you guys put each pat each other on the back kind of say to each other and also put each other on the hot seat so that that's good uh you know i know uh, Ani chelsea felt like Ani's giving a little politically <laughs> correct answer but you guys are have each other's back in, in, in major point so i want to get some context to what you guys said because obviously i wasn't there and give us a shameless plug but to be straightforward with everybody on the pod, like we try to get modest for the Balls Life All-American game. Mm -hmm. And um, he didn't end up coming. That's nowhere here nor there. But the thing is, all this stuff with him being the number one pick happened really fast. Like it was thrust on him really fast at the end. You know, a couple of key decision makers made their mock drafts and had him real high. And like literally his life changed in like 72 hours. That's so... True. Give him a little bit of time, maybe. I know Charlie's gonna be hard on him, like <laughs> you know, maybe he's gonna grow into it. And like you said, maybe we'll go to a game together, or you guys will catch a G League game and see something different down the line. Because like it really hit him fast. And honestly, if that story didn't come out like that, that he's a potentially number one pick, he probably would have went to the game. And, and Chelsea, to your points about Anthony Bennett and a few other players, mm -hmm. there probably would be a lot less pressure on him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I want to make that point again. It has nothing to do with how he played. It's just the perception of the public. And I want to mm -hmm. give me and Ani a little cheap plug. Me and Ani work on a top 100 on the Hoop Scoop online. We keep that national player rankings each year going. We had Modest Buselis ranked number nine in the class. That was our I final ranking. So that, that's I tell people what we think. I ain't going to tell you who the eight players are. Go to the website and sign up. And go Please. look at it because we had him number nine. 
So yeah. uh, that's, I think, along the line of your thinking, Chelsea. Regardless of where college yeah. goes or, yeah. you know, like, that's where we have. Them. Again, you throw in the European players and you throw in the college guys that emerge. Now he's down to 15 or 14. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? So, you know, DJ yeah. Wagner, Ron, those guys would be, uh, you know, Isaiah Collier. So mm -hmm. uh, I give a cheap plug to me and Ani on that. Uh, on that note, you know, so that, that's good information. I, I wish I would have went. Want to see more? Like I said, check out ballsart.com as we talk about high school guys. I think we're going to be close to wrapping that up. I, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Again, go check us out on Spotify, iTunes, and on YouTube. We're going to keep plugging those links for the shorts. We're going to hit some shorts, uh, you know, soon too on some, some topics. But I really like uh, your guys' hard-hitting answers. It, it, it gave a lot of good insight and – our guy Jason Hart, you know, again, and that, again, we could. This could be a great story, and those guys can do really good at the next level. We'll see. We didn't want it. We're not like we're sitting here ripping them. We want to go watch games, but uh, Chelsea, just close us out with a statement and on anything else too. Watch the WNBA playoffs. That is all I have to say. Is going to be lit. Take my word for it. And we want to watch Caitlin. Me and Ani want to watch Caitlin. I'm telling you, anyway, okay, Taylor is coming next year. This year, we got great people that are going to give you just as much excitement, okay? Yeah. Wednesday, Friday, round one, getting jumped off on ESPN2 and CBS Sports, I believe. Ani, close us out. What do you got, man? What do you got there? Uh, I'm going to watch the WNBA playoffs. Yes, sir. <laughs> thank you, thank I'm going to lock in. I'm going to watch it, Chelsea. Need to watch it? I'm going to watch it. I'm gonna watch good, it. Good. I'm gonna lock in. I'm gonna lock into the WNBA playoffs. Yeah, Respect. no doubt. We're gonna watch some games. You know, maybe you put us on the hot seat, just to see if we actually watch what we're. Give me about. a final exam. Put me final exam. Yeah. WNBA. Uh, All WNBA right, playoffs. I got you. There's a lot. There's four games, and I'm gonna have a quiz for both of you guys. All right, let's go. I'm ready. Down the line, hit me down the line. Get Ani first. Hit me down hit the me line. Hit me first. Got me the WNBA finals. I'm, I'm ready for it. <laughs> okay. Sounds awesome. good. That's good. But uh, yeah, we appreciate everybody. Uh, we're going to get out of here. And like I said, we're going to go to events. We're going to be busy. Uh, you know, again, we're trying to watch the WME in there. We got the Pangos Fresh Soft Camp Series coming up. So I'll catch Ani soon in Dallas. I'll have one two weeks from now in Los Angeles. Then there's Chicago one and then back east. So we're going to have a busy fall. And then we'll get ready for the high school season and our preseason rankings, which will probably be around Halloween. We'll give a date, exact date for that in the coming weeks. But for now, for Ani and Chelsea, I'm Ronnie. We're out of here. Yeah.